we've, we've been rebuilding walls this year, the wall of prayer for the first quarter of the year, the wall of worship for the second quarter. And then all through the summer, we've been talking about uh, evangelism. Pastor Reagan mentioned it a while ago in his announcement. All summer, we've been talking about evangelism. And um, I, I really encourage you with um, some of these events that are coming up. We're giving you a real practical way to evangelize. You know, sometimes when we hear the term evangelism, we kind of freak out and think, well, that's, that's just not my wheelhouse, and um, I'm not real comfortable with that. Listen, evangelism doesn't have to be something that you stress out over. It's, it's really just taking advantage of an opportunity to tell somebody the good news about Jesus. And one of the ways you can do that is get one of those tickets and give it to them, let them come to Steve's Dare. We'll take care of the rest. We'll uh, have a good time with them and fellowship with them, invite them to New Hope. Last year, we had people that came to our church as a result of, um, of that event, and we're expecting the same thing to happen this year. So there's a good practical way that you can evangelize. Now, this last quarter, and we started at the first Sunday of this month, we're talking about rebuilding the wall of discipleship. And evangelism and discipleship go hand in hand. And in fact, if you fulfill the Great Commission, you have to do both. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the evangelism part of the Great Commission. We're supposed to go and tell people about Jesus. But he didn't stop there. He said, we're to teach them to observe whatever I've commanded you. And he promised to be with us all the way, even to the end of this age. In other words, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go right with you. But I want you to teach people to do what you're doing. In other words, as you go and share the gospel, then you take those that have received the gospel and you teach them to do exactly what you've done. And that's what Jesus said. And did you know that he left the whole, the whole future of the church into the hands of men and women who were willing to do that? A small group. But just two of them went to one city and they said, my goodness, these that have turned the world upside down have come in here. And, and here we are 2,000 plus years later and, and it's still growing and the gospel is still going because the Great Commission really works. It really does. And so we want to encourage you to get involved in discipleship and we're going to talk about it throughout um, this month. I've been uh, already done three messages on discipleship. And today, I'll go ahead and give you a text that I'll be using for a few weeks. I'm going to stay with this. It's a proverb out of the book of Proverbs. That's a good place to find Proverbs, isn't it? In the book of Proverbs. There's 31 of them there. They're good ones. There's one for every day of the week or the, the, uh, the month. So you can just read them and read them and read them and read them, and, and uh, they're good. Proverbs 11:24. there is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. How many of you would rather be blessed than cursed? Amen? That's, that's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? You'd rather be blessed than cursed. How many of you would rather prosper than to, than to fail? That's another no-brainer, right? Well, here's a way. I said to the early crowd, uh, if, if I were to offer a class tonight at 6 o'clock where if you were, would come and listen, I would share a principle with you 
where you could make an investment and I would guarantee you that, that it would increase, that, that you, your di- it would reap dividends for you. Uh, how many of you would come? And a whole crowd said they'd be here at 6 o'clock tonight if I could have somebody here that could share a financial offer, an opportunity, a financial opportunity where I could guarantee you 100% you will not lose on this deal. You will increase. You will reap dividends. It will bring you results. In fact, all of them said they would, uh, they would invest in a deal like that. Well, I've got that deal for you. I really do. You don't have to come to six, at 6 o'clock tonight. I've already given it to you right here. The Lord has promised. How many of you know that he can fulfill his promises? In fact, not one jot nor tittle of this word is going to fail. Not one. It's going to all, all of his promises are yes and amen. They will come to pass. And God said right here, gave you a little Proverbs. It said, for those of you who are willing to scatter, in other words, you're willing to take your resources and be a blessing to others. If you'll do that, you will increase. But he said, there are other people that are so tight-fisted. All you're going to do is try to get, try to get, try to get, try to get, and you're going to lose out in the end. You're going to, it's going to bring you to poverty. And I know some people say, wait a minute, preacher, that's that, that, I just don't agree with that at all. I know some people that have just got, gathered and gathered, and to, they're stingy, tight as a, uh, as a bark on a log, we used to say. They squeezed the old nickel back when we had buffalo nickels until the buffalo met the Indian on the, the other side. And, 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 uh, and, and they're millionaires today. So they didn't come to poverty. No, but this isn't the end. One day, I don't care if they made $10 million. One day, they're going to leave it all behind. So they're going to come to poverty. In other words, you're going to leave it. You're going to leave it all. Unless you're one of those that scatter. You bless. You invest in the kingdom of God. Then when you die... You're going to wake up on the other side and your investment will still be reaping benefits and dividends. Wow. There's no telling what you'll have in the millennial kingdom if you invest in the kingdom of God now and it just keeps, you know, the miracle of compound interest. Well, God's into that and uh, he'll bless you now. In fact, Jesus told his disciples, he said, there's not a one of you that have sacrificed anything for my name's sake but what you will receive a hundredfold return in this life and in the next life, everlasting blessings in life. That's a pretty good deal, amen? So we're going to talk about investing in the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about discipleship and the importance of giving as it relates to discipleship. Now, we're going to do a little different this morning. The whole service has been different, hasn't it? You, you realize when we remodel out here, we didn't remodel up here. And so this week, they've had to put new flooring on the stage, and we had to take everything off, and we, we're not just lazy. Uh, that's not the reason it's not back up yet. The reason it's not back up yet is because we got to redo all the wiring up here, and, and uh, we didn't want to risk coming in here having not checked it all out because we would probably have a um, technical disaster. So I thought the team did great just using acoustics today. Give them a hand. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, guys and gals. Appreciate that so very, very much. But uh, 
the, the service, I've, I've, you've got my sermon. I've done all the preaching I'm going to do this morning. Instead, we're going to let some other people share with you. We have some guests with us today. First of all, Brother Michael and Sister Sarah Conway are here from way down in Columbia, South America. And we're glad to have them home. You guys stand up and turn around and wave at everybody so they can see you. When, when, when everybody, yeah. Um, Michael, you know, is, is one of ours. He was one of the, he, you know, I, I have, for, for the guests that are going to speak, I always have them a, a seat over here. But, but Michael and Sarah kind of always, I, I, it's kind of like a gravitational pull. They wind up over here with the young folks all the time. And uh, the reason Mike grew up in the youth group here and um, his first um, official position in church was assistant to the youth department uh, right here at our church. And God called him to the mission field. He went down to South America. You talk about faith, boy. Um, he went, it, it takes faith <clears throat> if you're single to move to South Carolina, much less South America. <laughs> he, moved, he moved all the way down to Columbia, South America. And, uh, and after ministering there for a good while, God brought a young lady into his life that became his wife. He didn't go down there looking for a wife, but he didn't go down there blindfolded either. Uh, he, was, uh, he was open to the Lord, and God brought him a wonderful companion. We've learned to love uh, Sarah and appreciate her so much. What a blessing that she is. I want Michael to come up here and join me. Um, give him a big old welcome as he comes up here. You know, thank you so much, Pastor Bowen. Thank you. Hey. You all are really honored to, to be here and, and to share about what God is doing in, in Medellin, what God is doing in Colombia. And, and first and foremost, we just want to, to say thank you. Thank you, like Pastor Bowen was sharing, right? This is where I came to know Jesus through a, a group here and just got connected with the youth, started growing, and, and the first job opportunity to work in ministry was with here, and, and you have supported us, you supported me, and, then, and now, Sarah, you've supported both of us with the missions giving for almost six years that we've lived there in Colombia. So we just want to first just say thank you so much for that. Thank you for your support, and thank you for your prayers. We're just so thankful for what God is doing there, what God is doing here during the Sunday school hour. We were sharing with, uh, they invited us to go and share with some of the leaders in training. And it was really awesome, Pastor Bowen, because a lot of them were, I remember each and every one of them, whenever they came into the youth group in before the sixth grade. And every, the four of the five. And so that was really awesome just to see what God is doing and, and, and to see what God is doing here. And also in, in Colombia, we're so excited what God is doing there. We've had, we had the opportunity to work there for six years. God is moving in amazing ways. Every time we, we share a little bit about what we do. So this time what we wanted to, to talk about is how God is raising up young people there. Our main work, our main ministry is with the youth. We do a whole bunch of, a whole lot of other things, but our main focus was working with the youth, working with the young people, and God is, is raising them up and training them. Two weeks ago, a few days before we came up here, I got back from a, a trip that we went to Bolivia where we took some youth and some of the other leaders of the church that we were able to take people from our church to go to Bolivia to do mission work. And that, that is huge and that is so amazing because one thing that we see a lot of times that we run into is the idea of missions is that, that we go to give, obviously, 
But we don't want just people there in Colombia to just receive. Because a lot of time there's that mentality of, of what can you give me? What can I receive? But think we were seeing God break that in our church and in a lot of places. God is breaking that. So now people are beginning to say, hey, what can I do? What can I give? And, that, and that's, that's so amazing because God just doesn't want us to, to come here to a church on a Sunday morning to receive, receive a little bit. We come to receive so we can go out and give. And God has called us to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And, and a lot of times we might wonder, how can I, what can I do to go to the ends of the earth? How can I affect the ends of the earth with, with my family, my, my job here? And so if we, we have that ready, we have two videos that we'd love to show about how you, New Hope, are going to the ends of the earth. Santiago Obregón y mi testimonio empieza desde sí lleno de dudas en mi cabeza, de preguntas y vivía juzgando a Dios de por qué sucedían tantas cosas en mi vida y si yo lo seguía a él, si mi familia le adoraba, entonces fue algo que, que siempre me frustró, pero gracias a Dios a medida que fue pasando el tiempo y fui creciendo eh, también fui creciendo espiritualmente y, y viendo cómo, cómo son las cosas realmente con Dios de cómo él va tratando con experiencia, con sucesos, con pruebas y así fortaleciendo nuestra vida espiritual. Y creo que es importante también eh, rodearnos de personas que, que aporten a nuestra vida cosas positivas y no resten, sino que nos ayuden a crecer como hijos de Dios y como, como cristianos y así poder impartir a, a las demás personas de, de lo que Dios nos da. Y pues ahora que que he obtenido, por decirlo así, una madurez espiritual y, 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 que, y que he ido eh, escudriñando la palabra, de, la palabra de Dios. y Creo que ha sido muy importante el estar aquí, que nunca pensé estar aquí en esta iglesia y rodeado de personas que, que me han ayudado a, a experimentar el amor de Dios como he logrado en mi vida. Mi nombre es Yasmin Naranjo y mi testimonio comienza eh, desde pequeña, también nací en un hogar cristiano, solo con mi madre. Eh, mi papá pues nos abandonó cuando yo tenía tan solo dos meses de edad y siempre amé mucho la iglesia, pero cuando llegué a la adolescencia tomé malas decisiones, tomé el camino equivocado, me alejé mucho de Dios por los vacíos de mi vida, principalmente como por el no haber tenido un papá y quería llenarlo con otras cosas. Cuando tenía 18 años mi mamá falleció de cáncer, que era pues con la persona que vivía y ha sido pruebas tras prueba que Dios me ha puesto, he pasado por muchas cosas que me han transformado, que me han formado mi carácter, pero aquí estoy de la mano del Señor y puedo decir que Él va a estar conmigo siempre.
intención de casarnos, aunque nuestros pensamientos eran muy bajos, Dios quiso hacer lo mejor para nosotros y tuvo lo mejor, todo estuvo preparado, su camino estuvo abierto totalmente para la decisión que nosotros tomamos. Como dice Primera de Reyes 2.3, siempre que sigamos lo que Dios ha propuesto para nosotros con obediencia, con sabiduría, siempre Él lo ha tomado prosperar, así lo hizo con nosotros en nuestras vidas, siempre se ha reflejado de una manera extraordinaria. Ahorita el pensamiento es que estamos ya casados, es, nuestra visión es crear una célula, eh, disipular personas, ya que somos jóvenes, aprovecharlo para que acercar más a los pies de Dios, más a adolescentes y hacer que esta generación sea más temerosa de Dios. Tenemos una nueva generación con un nuevo pensamiento renovado, enfocado en Cristo. Bueno, un saludo para todos, espero que estén muy bien, que Dios les bendiga. les voy a hablar un poquito sobre mi testimonio de vida, sobre lo que Jesús está haciendo aquí en Medellín, Colombia. Mi nombre es David Tan. Antes de conocer a Jesús, yo no tenía realmente un propósito, no tenía un sentido en mi vida. Realmente no sabía yo para qué me levantaba y para qué abría los ojos. Con Michael Conway y también con Sarita, Sara del Río. Michael lo que hizo realmente fue que estableció una conexión. Lo que hizo fue... Eh, regalarme realmente la confianza para yo comunicarme con, con Dios y establecer una, una comunicación, tener una relación verdadera con Dios que es lo más importante que nosotros tenemos en nuestras vidas. Lo que Jesús está haciendo en mi vida es que está transformando mi mente para así eventualmente convertirme en la persona que Él quiere que yo sea. Gracias a Dios, Él me regaló amigos realmente de la iglesia que yo no tenía afuera. Y el, Señor, el Espíritu Santo también me ha regalado dones. Me ha regalado dones para poder compartir el mensaje de Dios sin temor, sin vergüenza. Me ha regalado el don del evangelismo y es algo muy, muy bueno que Dios está haciendo en mi vida. Eh, les animo a que sigan creciendo en el Señor y gracias por todo. So if you're wondering, how can I affect the nations? How can I, I go to the ends of the earth? This is one of the ways. You are going to the ends of the earth. Through your faithful giving, through your faithful prayers, through your support. You're touching not just Latin America, the Middle East, India. And we're believing, like, like Pastor Bowen was sharing, that, that New Hope is a church that touches the nations. And that God is using this church in a mighty and powerful way. And, and again, we just want to say thank you to you. Thank you, Pastor Bowen, for this opportunity. And, and we love New Hope so much. If you need some more information, want to ask a little bit about more of the ministry that we do, we'd love to speak with you after the service. And God bless you. And thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Give him a hand. I also hope you're praying for them on a regular basis their lives are about to change dramatically they got a bambino coming in february and say <laughs> amen yeah yeah so he he knows what increasing the church is all about 
You, you do it through witnessing and working, and you do it through growing your own family as well. So uh, pray for them and bless them. What you're seeing here is what I mentioned earlier, and that's the connection between evangelism and discipleship. Six years of sowing into the lives of young people, and now those young people, remember he said a while ago, he, he just made a trip from the church there to Bolivia. And they're, they're witnessing and raising. And, and so what happens when, when you evangelize and then you take those that God gives you through evangelism and begin to disciple them, then multiplication takes place in the body of Christ. Early in the book of Acts, the Bible said the Lord added to the church. That's because they were evangelizing. The Lord added to the church. But a few chapters later, he said, then it began to multiply. That's what happens when you disciple those that you win. You win souls and make disciples. And then the church multiplies. Also like what he said about missions is that you start at Jerusalem, you go to Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so um, today, I, I, want to, I want you to see the connectivity between outreach and missions, both internationally and locally. One of the great ministries that God has given to this church and given to this city now because it's grown way beyond this church, and we thank the Lord for it. And that's the bridge ministry. And it started out, I can remember very, very, very well when Pastor Roger was sitting in my office saying, um, what do we do? And we were praying together for God to open the door, and God opened the door, gave the idea, and sparked the, the, the vision that resulted in a ministry that's been going now for a decade and uh, soon into its second decade. And so I want you to make welcome Pastor Roger as he comes to share with us this morning. We're going to talk about what local missions has done and how that has increased till it's touching the world as well. Praise the Lord. Good to see you, pal. Good morning. Good morning, New Hope. I love you. From what I saw in the mirror this morning, you look awesome. Y'all didn't even get that, did you? I just said you're beautiful compared to what I saw this morning in the mirror. But God makes all things beautiful in his time, right? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Michael. Great testimony of what God is doing in uh, Colombia, in South America, and, uh, and in you. And I'm proud of you. I love you. Um, this morning, uh, I just want to thank you again, Pastor. Thank all of the staff at New Hope. Um, but personally, I am humble and beyond thanksgiving uh, for the awesome team that the Lord has put together over the years that serve behind the scenes, uh, not only uh, here, um, but out in the community to, to, to just uh, bring the gospel uh, to the people that we live in and the world that we live in. Um, we have the most dedicated volunteers. We have volunteers sitting in this room that have been with us since day one. That was January the 20th, 2007. And I uh, have also been really blessed with the opportunity to have just the best staff in the bridge ministry that anyone could have. 
Um, we, are a, we are a blessed people, and we walk in that blessing, and we walk in that favor, and we encourage each other. Try to on a daily basis. Uh, we've we've kind of grown to the point uh, where we can take opposition and turn it into opportunity. And uh, that's a learning process that, that only God can do. Um, over the years, the, the bridge ministry has basically led, I don't know, probably thousands of people to the Lord. Homelessness have, homeless have, have homes. Um, jobless have jobs. The broken are healed. The, uh, the outcasts have identity. Um, the people that, that the unseen people on the streets of our city walk today with a sense of encouragement that they do have an identity, that they are important, and that they can make a difference even in the conditions that they live in. Denominational barriers have been broken throughout churches in our city as people have grasped and, and got the idea that it's not exactly what they do in their church, but what they can do in our community when we come together in a place that looks uncommon, a place that looks very different, under a bridge, downtown, under the Calhoun Expressway, on 15th Street, a place where churches from, from the region put, together, put aside denominational differences and theological teaching, and we just come together and we become the body of Christ. We become a body working together to be the hands, the feet, and the heartbeat of Jesus, and we let him be the head because he thinks so much clearer than we can. He always has a good attitude. I can tell you today that God's not mad. He's happy. He's a good God. He's, a, he's pleased with us, and he's pleased with what takes place in this church. Um, bridge Kids. Uh, we, have, we have a ministry uh, set apart under the bridge, as many, if, if, if you've not been, um, but those that, that know, uh, it's set up exactly like a church. We, we set up about 200 chairs. We have a PA system. Uh, we have bands sometimes. We have children's church. Last week, we did a wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. In the summer, we do baptisms. We do baby dedications. It is just a church outside. It's limitless. It has no walls. It's beautiful because the carpet has never been changed. It's just sand. <laughs> and, uh, no problem. Uh, on a wet, cold day, you can take it home with you. It'll track right in your car and go home with you. You can take part of the bridge home with you. Uh, you can take the freezing, cold day home with you uh, and rest and, and even in the heat. And uh, so uh, amazingly, uh, again, as we do reach that 11th year um, in, in January, we've missed one day because of weather. Now that is the Lord. That is awesome. Yes. Uh -huh. So uh, it, I had a testimony from a little boy a couple of weeks ago who came up to me and uh, he said, uh, Pastor, my, my mom, uh, you know, I told my mom I can take my Bible to school. Um, they allow me to take my Bible to school. So my mom taught me a, a lesson. She said, you know, it's so much better now that I can, I don't have to take a knife to school when I can take a sword. Come on, y'all got it now. He said, I can take a sword. <laughs> so um, uh, it's, it's just amazing, uh, the testimonies that we have. You know, like there's a, uh, there's a lady right now who's an entrepreneur uh, who has Old Town, uh, Old, downtown Old Town Diner. It's on the corner of uh, 6th and Green. 
Um, she came to the bridge and just broken in, in a hopeless situation. And uh, we prayed for her and she got encouraged. I believe there she got her identity re- re- restored. And uh, she wanted to do something. She wanted to become a business person. And in that little tiny building, it's been a diner off and on, I think, over the years, but it had been shut down for quite some time. She went in and she lived in that building for 45 days, painting, working, cleaning. And today, it's a prosperous business. It's a great place to eat. Go see her. Go eat there. It's, uh, it's, it's really good. Another testimony I love to share is uh, one day I was in a hurry to put air in my wife's tire. I mean, like, get out of my way at the air pump at the gas station. And I pull up. And there's this big lawn care company. They got the big trailer and the four-wheel drive truck and everything sitting right in front of the air pump. They got all their lawnmowers sitting over there putting gas in them. And I'm like, I'm going to go find out who this cat is and tell him he needs to get out of my way. I jumped out of my car. I went over to, to, to confront one of the people on the lawnmower. The guy on the lawnmower jumps off, runs over, tackles me. And he goes, he goes, Pastor Roger, Pastor Roger, you probably don't remember me. He said, but... Um, you guys led me to the Lord under the bridge quite some time ago, a long time ago, and I haven't been back for, for years because he said, I work all the time. I said, I'm so glad that you got a good job. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I own this company. He said, <laughs> and he said, he said, I had a little bit of problem in the beginning when all I had was a lawnmower and a weed eater. I cut my big toe off, but I didn't let it stop me. That's persistence. That's persistence. Homelessness and crime has dropped in the inner city. Um, one of the things that we do behind the scenes, too, with some of the ladies in our church is we minister to the clubs downtown. The darkest, the, I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the worst place, I guess, that you could probably step into on Broad Street. There were four clubs when we began about three and a half, four years ago. I don't know how long it's been. Time flies. But two of those clubs are shut down now out of the four, and the other two are on the way out. Amen? <laughs> and I, I just had... One of, our, one of our ladies that works down there said, I don't want them all to close. What are we going to do next? And I go, come on, we can, we can choose something else. We can go to a new place. Um, Adopt-a-Block. That just uh, continues to be an outreach that impacts neighborhoods. I love Adopt-a-Block. They go in mostly to single-parent families. Isn't it good that a single-parent mom can have a new daddy in her house called Jesus? Come on now. Yes. Uh, the food pantry. Our food pantry is just exceeding and abundant above all that we ask or think because we know that Jesus loves to feed hungry people, both spiritually and physically. Um, we mentioned, I think, or may have not, that uh, about in 2008 at a missions conference right here, we had uh, about 12 or 14 of uh, the men from uh, downtown under the bridge, the homeless, were here in a service during missions. And I believe it was Pastor who'd made a, a comment, you can plant a church with a change in your pocket. And at the end of the service, these men surrounded um, me and my wife, and they said, we want to we take up money under the bridge so that we can plant a church in Africa. At that time, it was $600. And we had the pastors ready there on the ground in Africa to plant that church. And, of course, I was ripped. I didn't know what to do. How are you going to ask homeless people for money? But um, as I pursued their request, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, if you'll give them an opportunity to sow seed to a third world nation, I'll break the spirit of poverty off of them. And, uh, and so it really gave some of them an incentive to go out and get a job. Um, so I would like to go ahead and do the video, if that's okay. Can we do the video? 
The word of God says in Isaiah 58 to remove the chains that bind people, to share your food with the hungry and to give shelter to the homeless, to give clothes to those who need them and to not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will heal quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here and he will quickly reply. You were steadfast, never failing. You were faithful. All creation is in awe of who you are. You're the healer of the sick. And a lot of times I've been sick. I've been through a lot of sickness. But I always feel better once I get up and come. And I know I'm going to leave feeling better than I can. Coming to the Bread Ministry, you know, it turns you around. You see love. You see how people can come here and they feel with love. Roger and his wife, they show love in the um, Bread Ministry. We will sing enjoy being around among the people that some of seen have lost some hope and my job I hope is to encourage them that there is still hope moved me to see the amount of people that come here and I guess it changes your life when you are able to see from another lens. is the hope of the world and as the church we recognize the needs outside of our four walls. God's word compels us and begs us to not just be hearers of the word but to be doers of the word to love those around us and to serve those in our community to show the love of Christ by being his hands and his feet. Love isn't some passive word love is an action verb. Those are not just people that we serve. That's our family. 
those are not just people. They're our family. They're connected to this house. And they're connected to our hearts. The last video that you saw was taken in the Philippines because I think after about our 21st church plant in Africa, uh, three years ago, um, a group of Filipinos that we started ministering with and ministering to came to us and asked us to go to the Philippines where they had been devastated by a typhoon. And we met, we met that request. And when we went to the Philippines, we also fell in love uh, with, with them. And so the feeding programs that you just watched here, the money that we collect every Saturday under the bridge from the inner city homeless and the poor, every penny now goes to feed an orphanage. Mm. Wow. Well, um, I think there's a beckoning call within our own church for volunteers. The church as a whole, right, Pastor? Sure. We need volunteers in every area of this church. And, uh, and, and that's, that's open an opportunity for you to serve and to give and to go right here. Um, but we, too, at, at the bridge, um, we need uh, 40 volunteers once a, a month from this church, if it would be possible. It takes about 40 volunteers to do the service, just an average service, on a regular Saturday. Uh, We need help in the kitchen. We need help behind the scenes. But we do need help there locally um, as we go Saturday after Saturday. And, of course, Thanksgiving uh, is four weeks away for us. It's November the 18th. And on November the 18th, we are in preparation for 1,200 full Thanksgiving meals and about about 1,000 brand-new coats. And uh, and so you can can imagine the cost of that. Um, I have put... Flyers, a table out front with videos, and uh, it, this will um, give you the information uh, not only on how to give, um, but the training that we're going to be doing. We need three to, on, on Thanksgiving, on this day, November the 18th, we need about 350 to 400 volunteers to be successful and to keep this ministry as, as just an ongoing success for the inner city. Um, if, it's, if it's a clear weather day, I can assure you we'll have 12, 1,500 people under the bridge. And we need your help. We need physical, financial, and spiritual help. We need your prayers uh, in, in that area. And we need you here. We need your help, really, on a regular Saturday. Um, I, sh- I heard a story the other day I shared with you, Pastor. Um, it was about the, Bill- the Billy Graham Foundation and how they were promoting their Christmas shoeboxes that go, millions of them literally go throughout the world. And you, some of you right here uh, build a shoebox that will go uh, to a third world nation to a poverty child. And the man was, was telling about um, they get, as they get these thousands and thousands of shoeboxes in one place, every once in a while they'll randomly go and they'll open one up. Because when I think if you did a shoebox, you probably got a list of items that they wanted to go in that shoebox. And what he said was when we randomly open these boxes, seldom do we ever find a box that has exactly what we listed that needs to go in it. And he said, we found out that the reason for that is because the people that make the shoeboxes put their own love, their own character, and their own nature in that box. What they put in that box represents their love to that person that it's going to, although they may not know them. And then he made this statement, and I thought this guy's going to have like millions of boxes coming in. He said, 
at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you're going to go back into a box. Well, some of you will go in a vase, but you got, you got the picture. At the end of the day, what we have, what we have allowed the Lord to use us for in our box is going to be what represents who we were and the legacy that we leave and the legacy that we leave for young people as we grow older. Yes. I love it. You know, like the saying says, no one can do everything, but anyone can do something. Everyone can do something. I'm going to close with, uh, I've been, I I, I love the the word of the Lord. Um, And I hope you do too. I know you do. Um, But I know that uh, we are a chosen generation. And we are a royal priesthood. God has specifically brought you into the world that you live in at this exact moment in history so that you can release kingdom concepts, so that you can bring on earth as it is in heaven. You're not just in this time of history because that was the day that you were born or the age that you're living in. You are here for a specific destiny that God has designed just for you. You know, I know know that Jesus didn't just come to die for us. Jesus came to live inside of us. You are a Uh, You are a priceless treasure. You're a treasure to your family. You're a treasure to the people that you work with. You're you're a priceless treasure. You're valuable. And and God wants to use you. And as I have been in the Word, I I found a new translation somebody gave me. Um, It's called the Passion Translation. And I've just been soaking in it. And uh, it's like the the love fire of the Lord uh, brought into Scripture to, to those, I, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just hungry. I just, you know, I'll just, there was the message, you know, the NIV, whatever came along at that time, we just kind of like jumped into it to see where it was at. And I, and I followed into this, these scriptures from the message. And I want to, I just want to bless you with one of Paul's prayers in Ephesians. Actually, I took versions of two of his prayers and combined them. And I want to release them to you today, if that's okay. That's good. All right. I pray that he would pour out over you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your spirit man with his divine might and explosive power. May the life of Christ be released so deeply in your heart it becomes the resting place of his unconditional love, the very source of your life. As your spiritual strength increases, you will be empowered to discover detailed understanding and divine mystery, wide-eyed and mystified, in awe-struck wonder with the one that we love and call wonder and that his grace holds you with never-ending embrace and that your new spiritual currency will be his mercy. Never, no, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and through you to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream, and he will exceed your wildest imaginations. Yes, 
he will outdo them all as his miraculous power constantly energizes you. His generosity overshadows you and his extravagant love becomes so outrageous no one will be able to look at you without recognizing him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You receive that? Love you. God bless you. Amen. You receive that? Praise the Lord. Glory. Thank you, Pastor Roger. It's amazing what God can do when we allow him the opportunity. I, I, he mentioned that Sunday in 2008. Who would have thought that it would be possible for homeless people under a bridge to build one church on the mission field? And right now they're working on number 25. I'm talking about the homeless folks. Isn't it? Give, give God some praise for that. Amen. Amen. Wow. It's amazing what God can do. You're talking about touching the world. My son was in Australia at a missions conference, and they were showing a video in Sydney, Australia, of homeless people under the bridge in Augusta, Georgia, building a church in Africa. You're talking about touching the world. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and the bridge has been written up in books all over the world. It's, it's just amazing the influence that God has given from that. And these are homeless people. And Pastor Roger, that, that first Saturday, when you put that box out there in front of the cross and told them that they could give and we could build a church on the mission field, and they came up with their nickels and dimes, that was all change in those days, but now it's fives and tens and twenties and sometimes hundreds. You know where it came from? Exactly what Pastor Roger told you that God spoke to him. If you'll allow him to give, I'll break the spirit of poverty. And some of those that were homeless and helpless now have jobs and are blessed, and they come back to the bridge to help the others. Amen. That's discipleship. That's, that's multiplication. That's going to the next level. Pastor Michael shared with you the next generation reaching out, multiplying, and going. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to take a missions offering this morning. I'm not going to take one next Sunday morning. Philip Murdoch will be here with us next Sunday morning from Brazil. Next Sunday will be the fifth anniversary of Renee's horrendous accident that, uh, that should have destroyed her life and would have aside from a miracle from God. And uh, we just praise the Lord for the miracle that he did there. But I want, I want you to stand with me now, if you will, please. And Pastor Steve's coming to lead us in a song. And I'm not going to ask for the prayer team, but I am going to open the altar for everybody that would like to come and pray. If you'd like to come and give your heart to Jesus today, feel free. If you want to come back to the Lord, feel free. If you need healing for your body, come and ask God to heal you. If you need a miracle, come and ask God for it. 
But I would really like, in addition to all of that, I would like for you as a body of believers, as New Hope today, I'd like for us to come together as close as we can to the altar to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to stir in our hearts what he wants us to commit for the next 12 months in relation to our outreaches and our missions. Begin at Jerusalem, go to Judea, go to Samaria, go to the end of the earth with the gospel. And, and if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, he will speak to your heart. Fan, I pray each year before our mission commitment time comes and ask God what he would have us to do. And every year God increases what we give. And uh, I, I believe in being financially astute and... and uh, that's why we have uh, financial university and that's why we uh, believe in the principles of the word and getting your finances in order and all of that and we try to do that as a church as well the board's very conscious about that uh, about being good stewards with God's money and and budgeting the right amount for the right thing and 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 keeping things in order but there is a there is a point when it comes to our giving to God above our regular tithe and offering, our giving to God where we allow the Holy Spirit to just stretch us. If, if it doesn't take faith, it's probably not God. But, but when, when you allow the Holy Spirit to just stretch you, it's amazing what we can do together with the help and the grace of God. And I want you to pray about that today. I want you to begin this morning and next Sunday. And then the first Sunday in November, uh, we'll have the promise, uh, faith promise cards for you that, that you can, can make that commitment uh, as you feel led of the Lord. But right now, I want you to just come. The altar's open. I'd like for you to just move this way. Everybody that can get here as close as you can. Maybe you can't get any further than in the aisle. But I just want you to pray while Pastor Steve sings this last song today I want you to pray with an honest open heart and say Lord would you just speak to me about what I should give and, and maybe it's not just money that, that God would speak to your heart about maybe God would speak to you and say boy I really, I really think you could, you could give a couple a couple of sessions to be trained to help out at the bridge on Thanksgiving you hear him say we need at least 300 workers because that's a big, big, big event. We give them the, the coats that will last them through the winter. It's a very, very important day besides the food for the day. Maybe God will speak to you about giving one Saturday a month of your time, just a few hours, one time a month where you could help. There is that scatters and is blessed and prospers there is that holds back and comes to poverty you want to be blessed talk to the lord and obey the holy spirit